Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Chris with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Matthew Sullivan with Quantum RE. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm very well, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm so glad that you got to join us today. It's uh, it's good to have you here. So, Matthew, share with us a bit about your background. Um, I, I think the best way of describing myself is congenitally unemployable. <laughs> okay. So I think like all good entrepreneurs, um, uh, we are <laughs> unable to be contained within a traditional employment environment, which is which you know is good and bad. So the good thing is that we go off and create stuff. Um, and the bad thing is that if we go anywhere near some sort of, you know, employed environment, then we rebel. Um, but I've been an entrepreneur probably for 25 years now. Um, and I've had the pleasure of working with some great people um, over the years as um, part of the businesses that I ran. Um, and I, my early career, when I was still, uh, uh, you know, employed or part of a group, I spent a lot of time working with Richard Branson, and I was a director and a trustee of the London Air Ambulance. I've been involved in technology companies, finance companies, um, software development companies over the years. Um, as you can tell from my deep southern accent, um, I was born uh, in the United Kingdom, and I moved over here about four years ago. So um, I'm based in Southern California, and I uh, never, ever want to go back to a cold country ever again. So Life, life is good, 
challenging and exciting. Excellent. I was so glad to hear it. I, I understand what that's like, especially uh, being in Texas here for me. I'm, the the cold, I've been so removed from it for so long. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to uh, be in warmer weather. So <laughs> tell us a bit more about Quantum RE and what it does. Well, one of the one of the great things about technology is when when seismic technology like the internet or uh, cryptocurrencies come along, then they make previously impossible things possible. So we were looking at fractional equity ownership, and I'll explain what I mean by that. We were looking at that years and years ago. Um, but what Quantum RE does, and Quantum RE stands for quantum real estate. And the reason we call it quantum is because quantum is a very small piece of something. You know, it's it's atomic. It's tiny, tiny, tiny pieces. Um, and what we're doing is we are um, enabling people who have a home, who have built up equity in their home, but for some reason, the only way that they can release equity in their, in their home is to go to a bank on bended knee and say, please, bank, can I borrow some money so that I can release the equity in my home? Um, we were looking at ways of, of avoiding that. And uh, what cryptocurrency has done is it's given us uh, the technology and a mechanism to unlock what is effectively a $32 trillion real estate market. Now, the way that we do this, is we say to homeowners, if you have equity in your home, rather than you having to borrow money, we will buy a percentage of the future value of your home. So let me give you an example. If you have a, a million dollar home and you have a half a million dollar mortgage, then the equity or the amount of the home that's actually really owned by you is half a million dollars. Now, if you want to release any of that, you would normally take out a HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit or you'd take out another mortgage, or you could, if you qualify, you could take out a reverse mortgage. But all of those methods of releasing your money, all you're doing is you're borrowing more money. And that's fine as long as you can afford the monthly payment. And as interest rates increase and it becomes more expensive to live, fewer and fewer people are actually able to unlock money that is theirs because they don't qualify for these additional loans. So what Quantum RE does, is we buy a percentage of your home. So let's take your million-dollar home. You've got $500,000 worth of equity. Let's say that we would buy $100,000 worth of that equity. So that works out to be 10% of the value of your home. Now, when you sell your home, that is the point that you pay us back. So you don't have to pay us anything whilst you own your home. Now, you could stay in your home for 15, 20 years. That doesn't matter to us. But when you sell your home, remember that a certain percentage of the value of your home, you already sold to us. So when you sell your home, that's when we get our money back. And that's when we get our share of the profit. So we have an agreement with you that when the house goes up in value, then we take a percentage share of that profit. So that's how we make our money. But it's very good for the homeowner because we're effectively buying a piece of their home now so that they can release some of that money that's theirs. And it means that they don't have to borrow more. And it means that they don't have to wait until they sell their home or wait until they're old. And, you know, they decide to downsize. What we do with those um, those assets, so we take those assets, which are um, all of these pieces of potentially thousands of people's homes, and we tokenize them. And this is where the cryptocurrency magic comes in, because by tokenizing those assets, we take something that's very illiquid and doesn't trade. If you think, normally if I bought a piece of your home, I would have to wait till you 
sold your home before I could get my money back. And I might be waiting for a year. But if we tokenize, then that means that we turn something that is very illiquid, we turn it into something that's very liquid and tradable. So our token, which will be a security token, backed by these real estate assets, suddenly you've got something that's very interesting to people around the world who want to get exposure to U.S. single-family owner-occupied residents. The token's really interesting. It's not a share, so you haven't got all of those issues with trading shares, having to go through brokers and platforms, Schwab and charges and the DTCC. And, you know, it's a much, much easier process to move tokens around. You haven't got the foreign exchange risk. You haven't got the charges. You haven't got the delays, the settlement problems. We all know how efficient the blockchain can be and tokens can be in moving value around the world. Just look at you know, how, how Bitcoin's. So if we have a token that is actually backed by something physical and something that people can see, hear, feel and touch, then that's much better, we think, than having something that is based on something intangible, a technology or a network effect. So we're building our token to be based on this pool of assets, which is something that people can see and trust. And, and our token, um, as it's based on those assets, if the asset pool increases in value, then our token should also increase in value because the number of tokens is directly related to the size of the underlying. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was wondering how that, that would uh, be affected in in the, the, the token sense from the asset standpoint. So um, where are you in the development of the platform right now? We've been developing this for six months in terms of the technology. The team, however, has over a decade of experience in this asset class. So we brought together a, a, a large team of um, very experienced people in fractional equity ownership, uh, real estate development, technology. I mean, the blockchain technology is relatively new. But even though we've only been together for six months, there's, there's literally decades of experience there. Um, and uh, our real estate team has originated uh, tens of millions of dollars of equity sharing transactions in the past. So we're very experienced in that field. Um, so we're, we're building the platform. We expect to be live with a fully functioning product that is able to accept investments and able to release equity people towards the end. Okay. And what kind of feedback have you had so far from uh, potential users? Well, there's two types of users. There's the, there's the people, there are the people that want to release equity in their homes. And there are also the other side of the coin are people that want to invest in real. When our team, uh, when we last had a product that was available to the public um, a couple of years ago, um, we, in an eight-month period, released you know, the actual figure, I think it was around $150 million worth of, uh, of equity as, as, a, as a, an overall sort of syndicated figure. Um, and we did that in an eight-month period. And at the end of that eight-month period, we had over a billion dollars worth of people lining up. Uh, and this was just in California saying, please, can I, will you please buy some equity from me? So we've, we've never had any issues um, in creating demand from homeowners because clearly they see the value um, and they see that this is a much better option, particularly in, a, in an environment where interest rates are increasing. So we've had a great reception and continue to have a great reception from people that want to release equity. And the other really interesting side is because of the this asset class, and most people um, don't see this asset class historically as investable because it's not liquid and it's not cash flowing. In other words, there's no rental income, there's no dividend, um, and if the asset 
can sit there for 10 or 15 years before it becomes liquid. It's not normally um, an acceptable asset class. It's not attractive. But the moment you tokenize that, you turn something that's very illiquid into something that's very liquid, and you remove the need for it to be cash flowing, because if the value of the token increases, you can lock in your profit by selling some of the token. So that suddenly turns this asset class. And it's a fantastic asset class because you're buying into people's homes. And the best people to work with are homeowners because they're not tenants. They're not going to destroy your, your home your, or your, your asset. It's their asset too. So you're truly partners with them. So they're looking after your home or their home, which, and you've got a little piece of it. You know, they, they cut the grass, they paint the walls, they look after the roof. They have pride because it's their home. You only have a, we only have a very small piece of it. That we're not seen as anything other than a silent partner. So because of that, the response that we've had from potential investors has been tremendous because suddenly we're unlocking this really interesting, and it's a massive asset class. It's nearly $32 trillion in the US alone. So what we're able to do by tokenizing these assets, we're taking something that, that is actually really interesting and performs much better than inflation because um, and we know that house prices tend to go up much faster than inflation in, in certain areas. So we're enabling people to lock into appreciating assets that's diversified, that's managed by people that own it. So it's a, the response has been very exciting and interesting from both sides of the coin. What is the interface um, going to look like between the, the homeowners and, uh, and getting into uh, quantum? I think the, the important thing is from a user experience perspective, there's a lot of stuff that we've learned over the years, and there's a lot of intelligence out there in terms of how best to build an interface so that it's, it's intuitive. So even though the offering sounds straightforward, I mean, obviously, there's detail in there. So we are making fairly wide use of short explainers that explain each step and what it means and what the implications are and, and how, you know, how it happens. But the, the process for people wanting to release equity is very straightforward. You know, you go onto our platform. It's very similar to any type of application for credit, but obviously this isn't credit. So you go onto our platform, you put in some detail, and we'd be able to tell you almost instantly whether or not you, you know, you would qualify or or how much, um, you know, we could actually uh, release for you based on the value of your home. And then if you want to apply, you can go a little deeper. You give us more information. We then put you into our underwriting process. And, and then very quickly, we can come back with a, a much more in-depth yes or no. And at that point, we would need to bring in appraisers and third parties just to make sure that we really do know what the value of your home is. And, and that, that, that involves a little bit more commitment on your part. But it's commitment that's refundable. So we're never going to charge you for anything um, unless it actually materializes in us being able to complete transactions. So there's a lot of trust that we'll be building. There. Um, and from the investor side, there's going to be some really interesting interfaces where you will be able to build your own portfolio of investment. So not only will you be able to have a token representing all of the assets that we have in our pool, but you'll also be able to go in and choose, maybe I only want to invest $1,000 and I want to put $100 in that house and 100 in that one and 100 in that one and 700 in that one because I like San Francisco. So our interface, apart from being intuitive, will enable you to cherry pick individual homes in individual locations across the United States and then across the rest of the world as far as, as, far as we, can, we can roll this out. 
So you'll be able to zoom in and, and pick off properties and build your own portfolio based on, on maybe your neighborhood or, or other information that you've read or really your own personal choices. And that's the most exciting thing for us because it's a clear use of the blockchain where we're able to keep track of all of these investments that you're making, which are right down to almost an atomic level. Where do you see, if you're using quantum, um, how would you spread your asset class out? What are some choices that you might make? Well, I'd like to say that I'd like to be able to buy locally. So I know the neighborhood. I'd like to be able to drive around and say, I feel I know my neighborhood better than San Francisco. I've read about places, but I've got a really good you know, knowledge about what areas are good in the place that I live. So I would love to be able to go in and buy properties or buy uh, interests in properties that are local. And that's the one thing that we'll be able to do. Uh, but in addition to that, if I read that, that the London property market is about to explode, I'd love to be able to get involved with that as well. So can I do both? Can I invest locally? But can I also put a bit more, maybe a bit more risk capital into something that's overseas? So that's the really exciting thing about what we're building is, is the ability for you to, to do something that's hyper-local, um, but also at the same time, at the, at the click of a mouse, to be able to invest in something that you've read about, that you want to get involved with, that normally would cost you tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars and would be almost impenetrable unless you were part of the country club or a large investor network. So, so to be able to buy small, tiny fractions of these uh, iconic buildings in other countries. That's what we're aiming for. What do you think are the, the futuristic, uh, broad-term ramifications of being able to do something like this? I want you to imagine being able to buy, being able to chop the Empire State Building up into a billion pieces for people to buy that. For, for I think the ramifications are significant because the way that houses finance will change, I think that there will be much more influence from the crowd this isn't crowd well, this is sort of crowdfunding 2.0 but you know far more advanced than any other crowdfunding but it's a, it's a true um, democratized way of enabling people m- large numbers of people to get involved with the financing of houses so right now houses are financed exclusively by banks and if you that there, there is one if you want to buy a house you don't buy it you finance um is there a way that we can improve that can we can we if we talk about a peer-to-peer basis, and my, my division for the future is, and I don't know when this is happening, this could be five, this could be 10 years away, but I think the whole way that home ownership is structured will change to the point that in 10 years' time, it will be unrecognizable compared to what it is today. And it will be much, much more for the benefit of home ownership, far more flexible offering where people will be willing to have co-ownership in a home. So they won't, they won't demand that the home is theirs, there will be much more of a cooperative um, process where you get to live in the home that you want. Okay, you don't own 100% of that. Maybe you own it with a thousand other people, but they're all silent partners. They have no say in you know, what you do with your home, but you know, they're, they're partners with you rather than lenders. So um, to answer your question directly, I think that the way that houses are financed is going to go through this massive change, certainly in our lifetime, certainly you know, within the next decade. Where do you see um, the bank side of things? They've been, um, you know, as you mentioned, controlling the entire purview of, of uh, real estate in the sense. How do you think the banks will function in this kind of new reality? Well, I think to start with, we shouldn't be seen as a threat to the banks because if we're releasing equity 
what we're doing is we are deleveraging the housing. So we're de-risking bank lending because if we're providing people with access to capital without increasing the overall debt their property, what we're doing is we're providing liquidity to people. Um, and that means that they're much more likely to be able to pay their mortgage. So to start with, we really shouldn't be seen as a threat to the bank um, because what we're doing is we're assisting them and, and we're making their asset protected. Um, but I think going forwards, as more, as more and more peer-to-peer -peer activities are available and are built on the, the blockchain, so as more and more people are able to participate, then that's when I think the banks will find that there's a bit of a challenge because if you've got one bank offering access to capital or you've got a thousand people offering the same capital but a different, completely different term, and this is not just about changes in interest rates, it could be a completely different mechanism altogether, um, then I, I think the, 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 the banks will need to evolve. And I think that's what we're beginning to see is um, it's competition, but also evolution. So uh, the, the banks, you know, they're, they're, they're smart entities. I mean, they've, uh, they've, they've seen God knows how many changes over the years. So I think what we will see is the banks evolving and participating in this blockchain economy rather than trying to push back and rebel against it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good thoughts on that. So uh, in in this particular industry, what do you think are some, some near-term developments that you'll see kind of unfold? I think there's going to be uh, far more activity in the regulated environment. Right now, cryptocurrencies are primarily unregulated instruments. So they're not regulated by um, any, particularly any of the US or um, other bodies. And that's, that's going to change. And we've, we've all seen the press and the announcements from, from the SEC. Um, and I think that's a very good thing. I think it's, it's very good that we have stewardship and direction and control by bodies so that people can protect it. Uh, but I think the, the big change is we're going to see massive shift um, towards the uh, towards securities on the blockchain. And securities involves everything from equities to any type of transaction that is classed as security. Uh, and the reason for that is because there is far less friction um, on the blockchain. There are far fewer charges and there's far more scope to trade internationally. And the list is endless, really, why the blockchain and by tokens are a far more effective way of issuing ownership in companies. And if you look at the way that shares are settled, I think it was built in the mid 20th century um, and that the system is incredibly inefficient uh, and that, that needs to be changed. So I think we will see far greater ability for companies to raise capital, to move their ownership and to trade their ownership. And I think that the, the blocks or the barriers for people to get involved in companies, to participate either as shareholders or stakeholders, I think those barriers will be removed in the next few months. And what that will do is allow more and more people to get closely involved with startup companies and with much bigger companies, because there are fewer barriers to entry, there's going to be much lower costs. And it's going to be much more efficient, far less friction, and there'll be far fewer international barriers. So I will be able to invest not just in U.S. entities, but potentially in, in, in companies across the world. So I think that the blockchain really um, does open up a massive opportunity for capital to flow much more efficiently around the world. Um, and I think that's where the, the, the big change will be. Yeah, I definitely. And just that idea of diminishing borders or essentially, you know, uh, almost removing borders in that sense, removing those barriers um, definitely puts us on a, a true or closer to true global um, scale.
does. And also the important thing is that the, uh, it's the technology is the key because all of the barriers that prevent certain types of certain people from investing in certain stocks, those are primarily regulatory barriers. Now, you can, you can write that logic into the contracts so that people naturally only see the things that they're allowed to invest in from a regulatory perspective. But it just means that it makes it much easier because rather than having to navigate an analog world, um, if suddenly the world that you can invest in is at your fingertips, then you're absolutely right. It just means that the, the friction that is currently there gets removed. And that's what the technology that the tech is bringing up. Excellent. Well, Matthew, it's been fantastic chatting with you today. Where can people find out more about you and, and uh, Quantum, Ari? Yeah, well, the website is Quantum, which is Q-U-A-N-T-M dot one. That's dot O-N-E. So it's Quantum without the U, Q-U-A-N-T-M dot one. Um, and um, my details are all over there. So there are contact me um, directly through the website. And um, we would obviously be delighted to answer any questions that anybody has because we are uh, excited about the market and what we're doing and um, where it's all going. Great. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today. This is definitely Matthew Sullivan with Quantum RE. And thank you for our listeners to tuning in to check out the Future Tech Podcast. We will see you here next time. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s and the dot-com boom in the 1990s and the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.